Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey guys, today we're going to talk about what to do with your business during a crisis, whatever kind of crisis that might be. And I'm going to have some personal stories in this one. And one of them I'm going to talk about is just a really great teacher I had when I was in high school. We've all probably had a few great teachers. If you did not, I'm so sorry for you because I have so many lasting life lessons from particular teachers. And this this particular one, Mr. Corver, he was my Western Civ teacher when I was a sophomore in high school. I didn't necessarily expect him to be one of my favorite teachers. He was like the basketball coach, and that's just not my vibe. And anyway, he, he really pushed me to do better, to think more. And in one of the ways he did that was a joint like research paper from our history and our English departments. We were supposed to talk about something involving like modern Western civilization history. And I think I, I don't even remember which which topic I originally chose. It was probably like, you know, did the U.S. know Pearl Harbor was going to happen or something? And that was a, a pretty popular one. A lot of people loved it because it's you know controversial and it sounds fun. And he really pushed me to choose a less obvious topic, one that would require more nuanced thought and research. And and I, I did. I really enjoyed it. I was talking all about um, the history of uh, the Jewish state of Israel, Palestine, all that happening after World War II. And it was a really fun project for me. And I think that nuance, looking between the lines, really informs a lot of my writing today. And that's probably why he was one of my favorite high school teachers. But the story I'm actually going to tell you about him has nothing to do with history. It was one of the most memorable moments. And it's it's about a student named Mike. So Mike was kind of a screw up. I didn't really know him that well, but you know, he was he was a fun guy. Uh, you know, didn't always take things seriously. And he came in late the third week of the semester. Now, our school gave two free tardies, and then the third would result in a discipline hour. And and this tardy, as you may have guessed, was Mike's third. So he begged for a pass from Mr. Corver, like, hey, please don't turn that one in. Mr. Corver explained that that wouldn't be fair to the rest of the students. And eventually, in front of all the rest of us in class, they made a deal. Mr. Car- Corver would hold the tardy slip in his desk and not turn it in so long as Mike was in his desk at the start of class for the rest of the semester, which was another 15 weeks. And you know what? Mike did it. He did the work. He showed up on time every day for the next 15 weeks, even though in the first three weeks, he'd already been late three times. It's a good story, right? It's super memorable. It has a good moral lesson. It shows that when you put your head down, you put your mind something, you can do it, that we all can do it. You know, we're not all Nike. Just do it doesn't work all the time, right? Uh, Just do the work. Just get better. Just build momentum. Just get those 10,000 hours of Gladwell-approved practice in, and and you're good. They, They make it sound so easy. And you know what? Often it is easy when you're in the flow, when you're in a good mood, when writer's block isn't rearing its ugly head, right? But what about when you're not in the flow? What about the times imposter syndrome has completely overtaken your thoughts? Uh, Side note, go listen to my Action Cures Fear episode. It would be incredibly helpful if that is what's stopping you from doing the work right now. But what about when things are worse? Uh, You're depressed. Your parents are getting divorced after 40 years together. Your husband is unemployed and stressed to the max, and it's rubbing off on you. The pandemic has completely turned your world upside down. Due to said pandemic, your child who receives special services no longer has access to those services and is making you want to die inside. 
I think they call that depression, right? Yeah, that's personal. By the way, that all happened to me in the first year of the pandemic. But I persevered. I did the work anyway. Arguably, I did not always do it perfectly. Mastery, not perfection. That was always and still is my goal. But I showed up. I did the work. And since relaunching my podcast in September two years ago, I think I've skipped two, maybe three weeks of episodes. Since committing to showing up on Instagram and now LinkedIn on a regular basis, I've rarely not. Until. Until what about when things aren't just low-grade bad, but a whole different level that bad? I'm about to share some deeply personal things, and if, if that's not why you listen to the show, it's okay. You can skip it. I will not be offended. But I'm going to say, while I'm not finished learning the lessons from the first half of 2022, and I'm sure I could add more to this episode, this content, with even more hindsight, I have figured out three things that have shown me through my current crisis. And I hope to God you don't have reason to identify exactly with my story, but I do know at some point your life is going to get in the way of business as usual. And you're going to want a few things to lean on to implement or or just remind you when it happens. So let's talk about business during a crisis. In January, I was trucking along, much like the rest of us, nearing the end of a second pandemic year, and I was in the process, much like the rest of us, of making a few business shifts. In my case, leaning more into content strategy, more heavily into content measurement, and less into funnel building for for new clients, at least. I'll still do it for old clients and really strong referrals. I was trying to figure out how to show that publicly. I was looking at changing my website, some of my funnels, uh, definitely revisiting some of my email stuff. And then... On a Thursday night, a friend called me and asked to come over, and she proceeded to sob on my couch for a few hours. She wasn't doing well. And the next day, she decided to end her life. To say this stopped and completely rocked my world is such a gross understatement. Up to this point, I'd lost a few grandparents, and and that was it. Never a friend my age, never something violent, never something tragic, just good old You've lived a long life, old age. I hadn't done grief before. And while she wasn't my best friend and wasn't someone I saw every day, we were connected enough that she came to me in what was a very dark hour. And I have gone through so many feelings of guilt, of failure, arrogance, sadness. It's been hard. I stopped working on anything that wasn't mandatory. And there was a day I missed a client deadline, something I had never done, at least to my knowledge, till that point. I reached out to them. It's fine. It's all good. But, you know, a weekend, I reached out to my mastermind group and I just said, I don't know what to do. Every time I sat at the computer, I just stared at the screen. One time I realized I hadn't moved in an hour and the screen was actually blank in front of me and I have no idea how long I had sat there with a blank screen. Once I sat on the couch the entire day and read a book. I never even bothered making it into my office. My mastermind group and my coach said to just not work till I felt good again, take time, support myself, do what I needed to do. But I didn't feel like that was an option. We had just bought a fixer house and we, you know, depend on my income. We had a lot of house projects that needed doing. Um, hello, completely new air conditioning system, a whole new plumbing, all the stuff, right? I'd also just started turning away funnel work a month prior to this happening, and I needed to build 
up the content measurement clientele that I had been planning on. This, of course, added to my stress load, knowing that I was doing nothing to drum up new business and that I really needed to, or the rest of the year was going to be a tough year. Three weeks into all of this, we left for Florida. Initially, it was to help take care of my grandfather who wanted to winter in Florida one last time, but then he broke his hip and it changed to be visiting him at rehab daily and sneak in real food for him. And then the day we arrived to our sunny quasi-family vacation and, frankly, much-needed break, my grandfather died too. And I think I would have handled it just fine had I not just had the month I had, but, you know, that was my life at that point. And then to top it all off, I also attended in Florida a marketing conference run by people I don't really agree with on many marketing ethics, and more importantly, who had just told me to leave the community that I was involved in if I didn't agree with them. I chose to go anyway to the conference I'd paid for it a year prior, and I was really looking forward to making in-person connections for the first time in a few years, but it was stressful being there. And knowing the ethics involved, I was constantly on guard, making sure I wasn't ingesting information that wouldn't align with me when I was already in a fairly, well, you know, vulnerable state. When I came home from all of that, I was just tired. I started going to bed before 9 p.m. I wasn't motivated to work. I was just like done for a bit. I hung out in that space for another month or so till April hit. And I actually wanted to start working again after two months of not really doing a whole lot other than the necessary client projects I was already contracted for. That's my crisis. And am I completely through it? I am not. Do I randomly cry when I hear, hear a certain word, like song or word or, or anything on the radio? I, I totally still do. And I, I imagine that's going to be that way for a while. Having not done this whole grief thing before, I don't really know what I'm in for. But I have a business to run. And I do genuinely enjoy working most of the time, you know? So how am I getting back into it? What are the business lessons here? And if you are entering or already in crisis mode, what can you do now to manage yourself doing it during it if you don't have the option of simply ignoring your business? And the first of these is relying on your business systems. If you're a regular follower, you might be wondering, how did I not see any of this? The answer is I, Brittany, have systems in my business that allow me to skirt on by when I'm super busy. I never intended them to be for a two-month-long crisis, but it, as it turns out, is exactly what I needed. I have been very upfront about the fact that I typically only work about 20 hours a week, and that is my business by design. My business supports my life, not the other way around. Because I only work 20 hours a week, I've had to implement certain systems in my business so that when I am really heavy on a client project in a, in a week, my own business, all the things that continue to bring business to me, don't get slipped by the wayside. So what are the systems that worked for me during this time period? I had content planned out for two months when this started. It wasn't all created, but it was all planned. Did I still have to show up and record a podcast or film for Instagram every so often? I did. Maybe not as often as I used to, but I did. But I didn't have to do the heavy thinking and creativity that would lead up to that creation or lead up to me procrastinating on that creation because that heavy work, that heavy creativity was already done. 
I recently had Brittany Long on the podcast talking about the hidden beauty of evergreen year-long email sequences. Um, hello, crisis. This is your friend. While I don't yet have a full year in the email bank, I had already been working towards it since 2021. And if you're on my email list, you've seen zero evidence of my reclusion recently as a result. And I'm even more committed to getting a full year in the bank so that I am prepared for all future life eventualities. Now, my podcast producer probably noticed a lack of attention, but because she's fantastic and on top of things, it really only took a few well-placed nudges from her that got me on task for the hands-on things I really did need to do. And while my audience didn't know this, my normal two months ahead schedule for the podcast did at one point dip down to only two weeks ahead. Because my content creation engine was primed, it did keep running. Now let's talk about the areas where I need systems. Where did I fall down? One was lead generation. I was in the process of changing services in my business, so I don't yet have a great lead generation system in place. And without that system to keep me going, I fell down hard in this area. And at the beginning of the year, I committed to contacting two podcast hosts per week for potential guest spots, or if not podcast hosts, people who host masterminds for guest speaking slots, things like that. I also fell down here. Again, I fell down because I didn't have a good system in place. Next lesson, work when the inspiration strikes. I read a lot of crappy fiction books during this time period, including the entire Bridgerton series. They are incredibly formulaic. They're not good reading. I mean, they might be fun. They totally kill the time. But they're so formulaic, you can predict almost everything in the story after the first, you know, third of the book or so. And that formula inspired an idea that I will be launching soon on how to create your own content grid when you're feeling stifled and don't know what to say. As a whole, I did not feel creative during this time, but there were times I did and I used them. One day I walked into my husband's office and asked him to take the kids to the gym during dinner time because I wanted to work. Good man that he is, he saw some spark of his old wife and he did it. I mapped out the entire client-focused content live series from March during this time period, the same content series that is now my new email opt-in gift. Did I also go to bed at 9 p.m. that night? I did, but I used two magical hours to get the creative strategy work in. And now, if you don't know what to say, you don't know how to balance your content and make sure that it's really client-focused and bringing the good attention to your business, you've got the old, new, borrowed, and blue strategy available to you as a free gift if you join my email list because I worked when the inspiration did strike. And then the final lesson is paring down to what really moves the needle in your business. They say God works in mysterious ways, right? I mean, that's the saying. Last year, after talking about content strategy and creation techniques for years, I built out Content Lab in two different ways. And I realized the missing piece in both was measurement. Knowing what to say is one thing, but knowing what really works, remember, all of marketing is a test. You have to test it to find out whether it really works. That is the gold in a content creation strategy that doesn't take over your life. Measurement. So I dove straight in and I figured out how to double down and offer content measurement as a service. I've been using my own business along the way as an example. And in the last few months of 2021, I realized that hour for hour, Instagram is no longer serving my business as well as it used to. 
that doesn't mean it's not working at all, but it's definitely not pulling the weight that it used to. I started looking into other arenas for brand awareness, and I actually started paying attention to LinkedIn. Why did I realize this? I looked at my own personal content measurement dashboard, and I saw the numbers. Data-driven marketing. It depends on data. And friends, when you are trying to avoid your feelings, numbers might be the last thing that you want to dive into, or it might be the easiest. I spent a lot of time looking at my numbers because for me, that was easy. I had already done the hard work of setting it up. All I had to do is open something, look at it, and then lose myself into pouring through the data for a little while. And when I did that, a truth smacked me in the face. While Instagram is easy for me, it's easy to show up, it's easy to make that content since I already have it largely made from my podcast, it was no longer moving the needle in my business. Remember I said my lead generation system kind of fell down? Instagram used to be a big part of that, and it's no longer moving the needle in my business. So if I was going to spend so much time not working, and to be bluntly honest, I had no idea how long that funk was going to last, I needed to focus hard on what was actually doing some of the hard work for me. And it's my content. But it's my content in a more search-friendly arena, and that is not Instagram. So in conclusion, in summary, my story might look... It might look nothing like your life, or maybe a loved one, or, or even you just got diagnosed with a crappy disease and you're kind of reeling. Maybe your kid is really struggling and that's all you can think about. Maybe you're on the precipice of divorce. Whatever is going on, hugs, big hugs your way. Virtual hugs can be fuel too, friends. <laughs> oh, and before I finish this up, uh, by the way, Mike's story, you know that screw up story from the beginning of the episode? It comes up a lot in my world. I tell that story every so often because Mike is now my brother-in-law. He went on after high school to both music school and get a bachelor degree. He is now a full-time musician who makes a real living, not like a scraping by one, doing what he loves. And he's launched an online music school for kids. Like how cool is that? My sister visited me back in February when I was in the deep throes of all that we've talked about here. And she told me about his impending school launch, and it is actually one of the things that did inspire me to do some good creative work. Fellow creatives, you know how that works. You see someone doing something cool, and it it inspires you. And that was a huge gift during that time period. So use whatever is going on in your life as whatever reason you need. Paring down to what you're doing to what really works rather than what's really easy It'll help keep your business afloat, even if you're not growing at that point. Relying heavily on the systems that you've created in your business is okay. And when you do feel so led, work. Final lesson here, guys, it's not business. It's that good friends matter and you know who you are. If you're hearing this, I thank you. This has not been an easy time period for me. And and again, I don't know when I'm going to feel completely back to normal but I am feeling inspired to work again. And it feels good. I'm so, so happy to be able to say that. I'm also happy to say, I can, with hindsight, look back and say, these are things that functioned well during this time period. And these other things, they are things that did not function well. These are the things I need to work on. And because of that, I've got a good direction for the rest of the year. Has it all gone as planned? No, no, it has not all gone as planned. But, and this is a but I think we can all agree to, life life doesn't always go as planned. And when we work in these micro or solo businesses, 
we need to make sure that we are taking care of business so that the thing that should be easy, your income, the thing you love doing, you know, that thing doesn't fall by the wayside too. So with that said, I'm not going to go and ask you to give me a review here. I'm not going to ask you to do to do anything other than take note. I hope nothing like this happens to you. But if it does, there are things you can do to make sure you survive the crisis. I love you guys. See you next week. 